fellowship, great teaching, great food, and you get really tired. <laughs> but we're glad you guys came. And uh, we'd like to hear a little bit about it if you want to share later on. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking that you'd help me to share this message and make it applicable to our lives where the rubber meets the road. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we could hear from a missionary today and uh, all the wonderful things are happening down in Brazil. That just makes it so thrilling to us. Uh, bless you, Lord. I pray that you'd help me to share this message this evening. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I remember reading a, year, a number of years ago about a missionary. There was a missionary that received a letter from a little girl in a Sunday school class. And, and he, he received this letter. And uh, evidently their teacher had told these real-life missionaries, uh, had told her class that these missionaries were very, very busy individuals and might not have time to answer their letters for the one he received, the letter he received from this little girl simply said, Dear Reverend Smith, we are praying for you. We're not expecting an answer. <laughs> we're praying for you, but we're not expecting an answer. And, you know, without realizing that that little girl uh, summarized what a lot of people feel about prayer. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to expect any type of answer. And let's be honest, I, I was last week, there are times when we just feel like our prayers hit the ceiling and bounce back down, and hit the ceiling and bounce back down, and um, where we feel like giving up and, and feel like that God's not going to answer our prayer ever again, or whatever maybe. Now, I don't know why it is, but we go through seasons and we go through times where we feel dry and we feel as though God has got cotton in his ears. You know what I'm talking about. And there are different seasons that you go through uh, when, you have, when you're praying on a regular basis and, and uh, you just feel like you've got a breakthrough and other times you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and you go through this dry period or whatever it may be. And, and I don't know where you may be in, in your life, but I want to talk this evening go back to some real basic things that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 6 about prayer. Um, I believe that God is willing and God wants us uh, to pray. And uh, I, I believe that he wants to answer prayers. And I believe that the Bible says that we stand between heaven and earth as intercessors, helping to accomplish God's will on earth as it, as it is done in heaven. And I think that prayer is at such an important part uh, to helping accomplish God's will on earth and um, no wonder however the disciples turned to Jesus and they said Lord teach us to pray teach us to pray because they, they knew that Jesus had a prayer life and they knew that he had intimacy with God the Father and they knew that he had this special anointing and they knew that God uh, heard Jesus prayers and answered his prayers and they could see by his life and they could see by his fruit and everything else that he had a relationship. So they said they came to him one day and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And in this particular text, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us some very, very practical advice. And he said there are two ways that we should not pray. And, um, and then we're going to look at some specific ways that we should. But Matthew chapter 6, look at verses 1, 1 through 6 with me. Notice Jesus said, um, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
So when you, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by them. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left, left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you, in your giving, may be in secret that your Father in heaven sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now he continues on with this theme of uh, doing things in secret. And notice what he says about prayer in verse 5. But when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they like love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they will receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father uh, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, I, I want to suggest to you that there are two very common dangers in prayer. Praying like a hypocrite and praying like a heathen. Praying like a hypocrite and playing like a, like a heathen. Uh, let's look at the hypocrite. Uh, according to Jesus, a hypocrite... Uh, Praise with the wrong motive, not wanting to see God and not wanting to see God work or wanting to God to hear their prayers, but wanting to be seen by other people. The hypocrite perverts the purpose of prayer, which is to connect with God the Father. The hypocrite prays, in other words, to impress other people. They, they uh, stand on the street corners, Jesus said. The hypocrite deliberately draws attention to himself or herself. And Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray to be seen by men in public. Now, I think that Jesus was specifically talking about the Pharisees uh, who sought to impress people with their piety. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with praying in public. <laughs> we all have been asked to, to pray in, in, in public, just as long as our prayers are addressed to God and not to people. That makes sense, right? I mean, not addressed to God and not to people. And, and church... God looks at the heart, not how articulate or how verbose we are, not how many words we say, uh, trying to impress others, uh, trying to impress other people, just it puts this wall up and interferes uh, with our relationship with God. And second thing that I want you to note here is I believe that Jesus said, don't pray like the heathens. Don't pray like the heathens. Now I want you to look at verses 7 and 8 and notice what he says. Um, and when you pray... The, the NIV translation says, Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need. Now notice that. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Wow. He knows what you need before you ask Him. Then why do I need to ask Him? Because He wants us to... And because we stand between heaven and earth helping to accomplish God's will, and this is something that God has brought us into the equation and wants to use us as intercessors, even though he knows what we want before we even ask, he still wants us to ask. And he said, don't, don't be like the hypocrites, for like, they like to pray to be seen by men in public. And then he says... Don't pray like the heathens. Now, the, the particular heathen people I think that he, that he was talking about that day were the Gentile people or the people who had many gods. And uh, these people were known for their power words or for their mantras. Now, remember, in the so-called mystery religions of Egypt and Greek, 
Greece, they would do all of these special type of rituals. They would sacrifice these animals, and uh, one in particular, they would um, dance around and drink and until they were drunk and in a frenzy and with all this special uh, music, and then they would slit the bull's throat, and then they would stand underneath the bull and let the blood go all over them, thinking that they were connecting with the deity or the god that that bull represented. And so in, in this um, pagan worship, in this heathen worship, they like to use power words, mantras, we call them, special sayings. Did you know that there's a new age religion out there that's been there, I, I don't know, 10, 20 years, and it's called Ek. Ever heard of Ek, E-C-K? They have a church over here in Bend and other places. And basically, you, you go to this place, you go to this uh, room where other people are, and you hear this guy that's on this videotape, and he gives some sort of weird teaching. It's been on PBS and different things. And then they give you a special mantra. They give you a special um, phrase that they want you to repeat over and over and over again, thinking that you're going to become one with the cosmos. I know it sounds strange to us, but this has been around for years, and it's it's been around in Jesus' time. And, and so the heathen praying is... Um, where you just repeat these words over and over again. We know that the Buddhist monks in uh, in the Himalayas, they have their prayer wheels that go around and around, and they sit and they meditate and they go um 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 whatever it may be, and 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 I've heard people uh, say words like uh, empty 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 you know or, or you know what whatever. Uh, uh, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Rabba, Rabba, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Rabba, Rabba. They, they repeat these phraseology o- over and over again. Well, these ancient pagan people, as well as people today, believed that the secret of getting their answer to prayer was babbling on and on and saying the same thing over and over and over again. And, uh, and in a sense, now don't get me wrong here, but in a sense you see this when people are praying at the Jerusalem wall, the Orthodox Jewish people, because they're praying the same prayer over and over and over again. And and Jesus said the babbling, this kind of babbling, gets you nowhere, nowhere. With God, it's absolutely nonsense. Now, there's nothing wrong with repeating phrases to God. We all repeat phrases to God. Uh, and and you, you've picked up some of my phrases, and I've picked up some of your phrases, Etc. Etc. And and words are important, but God wants us to put our souls and our mind and our hearts into what we're actually praying. Well, notice in contrast to to this hypocritical praying, and in contrast to this heathen praying, there is what we call Christian praying, and uh, there are a number of ingredients uh, in how we're to pray. First of all. I believe this particular passage of Scripture indicates that we're to pray with sincerity. Sincerity. <laughs> it's not the verbiosa words. You know, you've, you've heard me say, I believe, on one other occasion, that a guy fell down a well headfirst. And he said, the most prayingest prayer I ever prayed was, Head first in Higgins' well. God help me. God help me. You pray with sincerity. Jesus said God will not answer the hypocrite prayers because they were insincere. At no time 
must we be more completely sincere and totally honest than when, when we approach God the Father in prayer? Because he already knows what we need, and he knows when we're phony, and he knows uh, when we're honest, and he knows when we're sincere, and he welcomes us, the Bible says, at his throne of grace when we come openly honesty, without any pretense, without any sham. You see, we need to give our voices to God and our feelings and give him our entire experience of being a human being. I've mentioned in this particular series I'm on, and David, that David was a man after God's own heart, and yet he had he was a man of muscle and flesh, and he had weaknesses. He had weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with temptation. Sometimes we think as Christian people that we should never be tempted. I'm finding that the older I am as a Christian and the more I walk with the Lord, the more I have temptations in my life. I have this big zero on my chest. We fight against, not against flesh and blood, and the enemy of our soul presses hard against us. And the battle is won in our thoughts because these anxious thoughts and these thoughts that we have, wondering about all of these different things at times, becomes very heavy. Those of you who intercede in prayer, you know what I'm talking about on a regular basis. It, sometimes it gets really heavy. And so we, we're sincere and we're, we're honest before God with our feelings and with our struggles and with the things that we go through. I, I want you to listen to the psalmist in Psalm chapter 10. This is what he says. <laughs> He's very honest. He says, God, are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? Psalm 12 Quick, God, I, I need your helping hand. The last decent person just went down. All the friends I depend upon are gone. Are gone. And you, you guys remember that Hollywood uh, movie uh, that Robert Duvall made a number of years ago. It wasn't that great of a movie, but I just can't help but think about that particular movie when I think about sincerity and honestness before God. And he, he made this movie called The Apostle. And here he did some terrible, awful things. He, he was a pastor, a preacher, did, and he did a terrible, awful thing. And he finds himself, of all places, in the upper room of the house he grew up in, his mom's house. And he begins his opening line up there, crying and weeping, and he says, <laughs> he says, God, this is Sonny, your follower. He, he, he's transparent. He, he's sincere. You know, where do we get this idea that, that we, um, we can't be honest before God because he knows what's happening in our lives anyway, you know? Sincere, sincerity honest so um, we're not trying to impress other people we're coming before God with sincerity the second thing is a Christian praying I think that Jesus teaches here is he says we should pray pray with secrecy pray with secrecy again we have public prayers and we pray with one another and for one another but there should be some time between us and the Lord on a regular basis. And he says, look at verse 6 again. Notice, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father 
who is unseen. Now, how many of you, don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have a special place where you like to pray? For some of us, it's a study, it's an office. For others of us, it's a bedroom. For some of us, it's a living room. For some people, they have a special place on a hillside someplace. But he says, go to that place of secrecy and spend some time with just you and God the Father alone. Just you in the privacy of that moment. And in this moment, uh, Jesus said, in the secret praying, in this, you're praying in private to God the Father, our attention is on him and uh, and we're adoring him and worshiping him and spending time led by the Holy Spirit and we shut out the world so that we can shut ourselves with our Father in heaven. Now, secret praying means um, that um, we're content with, with God's praise. We're content with God patting us on the back. You say, what are you talking about? Well, contrast that to what Jesus said. And he said, the hypocrites love to pray in public, what? To be what? To be seen by other people. And he said, they'll get their reward. Their reward is that they'll be patted on the back by other people for all of their beautiful prayers. But contrast that, you're praying in, in private, and God the Father will reward you in private, he says. And because you're spending time with God, and they're secret praying, and... and, and, and uh, and he says, you get a pat on the back and you get rewarded for that. Directly for God. Now, I want you to use your imagination with me and imagine uh, this evening that you're, that you're part of an elaborate play and it's, it's, uh, there's a full orchestra. You know, we're talking about in the city here. We're talking about in New York or Los Angeles or whatever. There's a full orchestra and there's a, there's a full a choir. There's a whole cast of characters a full set, and the rehearsals have taken months, and they practice day after day after day for this musical play. And on opening day, everyone is so excited. And that evening, in the midst of all the activities, the box office opens, and from 6 to 7, one hour before, there's not one person that pays and buys a ticket. Not a single soul shows up. And at 7 o'clock, the curtains go up and the orchestra starts playing and the cast members start singing and they start doing their play and, and this whole thing. And it's, it's so beautiful and it's so elaborate. And, and the curtain comes up and, and, and it starts and everything is just great. It's magnificent. And when it's all over, someone in the distant balcony alone is up there clapping their hands and saying, bravo. Imagine, that's God. And that's the applause of heaven, the Bible says. The applause of heaven. Jesus said, when we pray sincerely and secretly with pure motives, we receive the applause of heaven. <laughs> now, we, we may not feel like we're receiving the applause of heaven, but this is what the Bible says. God rewards us. He pats us on the back. He says, well done. Uh, you're, you're standing in the gap. You're an intercessor between heaven and earth, helping to accomplish God's will to be done. Now, the third thing I want you to notice about Christian praying is, is that it should be done with simplicity. Simplicity. Simpleness. It's not the repetitions that Jesus condemns in this passage of Scripture, but the meaningless repetitions. It's not the repetitions. You know, I, I basically pray the same kind of prayer at dinner time, lunch time. 
and he wasn't condemning um, he wasn't condemning the repetition, but the but the meaningless of the repetition. There's no meaning behind it. Don't pray like that, Jesus says. Why not? Well, look at verse look at verse eight with me. Notice he says, "Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him." Don't be like those individuals. Don't be like those hypocrites. Don't be like those heathen. Don't just babble on. Now, the pagans babbled on, on and on because they thought that they could um, they could uh, wear God down, you might want to say. And, and their notion of God was incorrect. God is described as a loving father and we're to speak with simplicity and surety as his child, as his child whose father already knows their needs. Now, um, the fourth thing I want you to know here is, is that Jesus says that we should pray specifically. We should pray specifically. And the disciples said... Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And then he gives uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he gives us model of prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, gives us day our daily bread. Forgives our debts, we forgive the debtors. Leads not into two days, but delivers from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and glory, forever and ever. Now that's not the way the Lord, I don't think, wanted us to pray this prayer. <laughs> but I went through that very, very quickly. People say, well, that's how we should pray. And there's nothing wrong with praying the Lord's Prayer. But I think that Jesus was he was giving us a model. He was giving a, a model. You say, what are you talking about? Well, there are a number of different parts. However you divide this up, I've heard people say, well, there's five or six different parts here. And, and I like to keep it simple. I like to say there's four basic parts here. First of all, we read that there's adoration. Adoration. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, it's attributing worth to God the Father. And so, when we're here on Saturday night, most of us know this, those of us come on Saturday night, we usually begin with what? A word of praise. A word of recognition. God, who he is and what he's done. And, you know, it's a, it's adoring God the Father. You're, you're in, in attributing worth to him. And then, the second uh, part is confession. Confession. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, those of us in the Wesleyan holiness tradition and those of us who um, have studied um, holiness and sanctification, we do not, it's hard for us to comprehend confession because for some reason we get to the place where we think that we no longer need to confess. John Wesley, when he began, when he had his um, group meetings, yeah, he had group meetings. He emphasized small groups. The very first thing that they did at the very beginning of their group meetings was they could they repeated James the passage of scripture where it says, "Confess your sins to one another, and you'll be healed." Now. I believe that you can live a victorious Christian life. But I believe you still blow it on occasion. And it's important to confess to God the Father when you blow it and to be accountable to other people. He never, never taught perfectionism in the sense that 
we would not blow it on occasion. doesn't mean we can't live a victorious Christian life. But th- there will be times where we need to confess. And so he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Adoration, confession, and then thanksgiving. What's thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done. Adoration is praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he's done. Lord, I was driving down the street in the busy metropolitan area of John Day. (laughs) And this car almost hit me. If you could believe it, in John Day, this car almost hit me. I can't believe it. Almost ran me over. And Lord, I want to thank you for protecting me. Thank you for that protection. You're, you're, you're thanking God for what he has done for you. And then S stands for supplication. A-C-T-S, Acts, supplication. Supplication. We see that he says right there, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You're petitioning, you're asking, you're you're saying, Lord, here's my need, here's the needs of other people around me, and I'm asking on behalf of uh, these people, that you would do and that you would act and that you would intervene and that you would that you would help in this particular situation that I find myself in or that we our church finds yourself in or what whatever may be. Um, you can you can shut me off, Anthony. Would please.